I'm glad you're here. I'll be honest with you. Um, people like to get married. Y'all know that? <laughs> I've done three wedding preparation sessions this week. Uh, Tuesday night, I met with a couple. They're getting married in July. Uh, Wednesday night and Thursday night, I was in Pisgah Forest, and Lillian Creaseman's watching, and Judy Kirby, hey, y'all. Uh, anyway, I was in Pisgah Forest, and so Wednesday night, I spent an hour and a half at Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> we rented a table. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but, uh, you know, and, and, and met with a couple there, and then I met Thursday night with them, and then yesterday morning, I met with another couple getting ready to get married. And, and it's interesting. I, I like having these meetings. I, I, I've gotten into the whole wedding preparation thing as more of a conversational approach. I used to do this 119-question questionnaire. And I, I'd tell them, all right, y'all get in different rooms, fill out this questionnaire, uh, don't talk about any of the answers. I'm going to score this thing down. And then I'm going to tell y'all whether y'all can get married or not. No, that's, that's not how it goes. But you know what it does is it kind of points out some of the things that we might not be aware of, right? And so I sort of narrowed that down into more of a conversational thing. And here you go. <clears throat> the, the passage that, I, I, that God just sort of led me to this week, last two weeks we've been talking about what God has accomplished on our behalf. I mean, we, we dealt Palm Sunday with the whole uh, crucifixion of Jesus that, you know, he marches into town uh, in victory, and yet by the end of the week, you know, he's in a tomb. And, and, and you look at that and you go, wow, things really changed in about six days, right? And yet on that seventh day or the first day of the week, the Sunday, they, they were celebrating his resurrection and, and, and just really recognizing that he wasn't there. Now, I still believe on that, that morning, they were a little bit confused as to what was going on. It's kind of like, huh? The tomb's empty? I mean, we went to the graveyard looking for a tomb, and it's empty, and something's up. And so, so what I, I, I want us to, to spend a little bit of time on this morning is, is really, I've titled it Second Things Second. You know, first things first, we, it's important to, to know what's most important, Okay. And sitting down with a couple getting ready for marriage, the very second topic that we talk about is values and beliefs. The idea of what's important to you. What, what is, is that priority of your existence? Now, to be honest with you, I've noticed, uh, you know, many uh, a little bit younger than I am, it changes. You know, depending on what's going on, right? It, it might be this is important, oh, for about five minutes. <laughs> and then this is important for the next five minutes. So, so what I wanted to kind of spend some time on is is passage from Romans 13. Uh, and we're going to get to it. So I want to read it, and then we're going to pray. And I'm going to share with you my, my uh, as I've dwelled on this this week, driving and otherwise. Starting in verse 7, it says, pay your obligations to everyone. Taxes to those you owe taxes, tolls to those you owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. 
Besides this, since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over and the day is near, so let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. See, this is, there's a lot in here. So I'm going to back up from it and try to take a little bit of an overview of it. So pray with me, all right? Father, I want to thank you and praise you again that we get to gather. God, that we, we, we have this time uh, that is set aside for the purpose of, of worship and celebration. And, and God, we want to enjoy this time. God, this is a time where we come together for, for what I like to call family reunion. This is, this is the party after walking and talking with you all week long. God, we come together for the purpose of celebration and worship. And so God, as we look into your word, what we really want to, to, to discern what we really want to take and to apply into our lives is, is this greater glimpse of you. God, your word reveals you. And so we want to see you better. We want to draw near you more. We want to be close. And God, my prayer is always, God, I want to be so close to you that I don't miss what you're doing. And so, God, I thank you for the perspective that I have, the perspective that every person in the room has as you reveal yourself and as you draw us, draw us, draw us closer to you. God, we want to be closer to you 30 minutes from now than we are right now. And so, God, help us to hear you. Help us to hear what Paul is saying from Romans. God, help us to gather and, and, and garner an understanding of who you are. Because, God, as we draw close to you, it changes who we are. So, God, we want to be different. We want to be closer in 30 minutes than we are right now. And I just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I set myself a time frame, right? I got 30 minutes. Yeah, you know better than that. But what a way to start. Man, read a text from the Bible that says, pay your bills. Right? That's a tough way to start a message. It's like, pay your obligations to everyone. Taxes to those who owe taxes, right? Those you owe taxes to. Uh, pay your tolls to those you owe tolls to. All right, so going to uh, Pisgah Forest, you know, there are obvious multiple ways you can travel. I typically go down through South Carolina and back up. But you can't just shoot right straight across the state, and you'll run into some tolls. And here's what they've made it so easy. You know, back up north, when I used to be up there, you'd have to stop at the little booth. And hand them some money out the window. And now you just ride along and they'll take a picture of you. So when you go under those crossover things and, and, you, and you see the flash, that's not lightning. That's a photo. So, so, so a fun game I like to play is just as you're about to pass on it, stick your hand out the window and wave. That way when they pull up the picture of your car to send you the toll, you're waving at them. Right? So, so, so pay your obligations, pay your bills, pay your honor, pay your respect. Don't owe anyone anything except to love one another. And this is where Paul really gets into sort of uh, to the, the, the New Testament body of Christ, to the, the body of Christ scattered throughout the Roman Empire and those in Rome itself. He's saying, he says, love one another. Don't owe anyone anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And then he breaks it down a little bit. Jesus kind of, uh, he, he's sort of repeating what Jesus has already given us. He says, you know, these commandments about don't commit adultery, 
You know, don't, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, and any other commandment. Now, see, uh, Paul could have listed all of the six of the ten that deal with relationship between, between mankind. He could have mentioned mom and dad, right? He, he could have mentioned all these things, and yet he, he, he just sort of gives a summation and says, and any other commandment that you can come up with, Right? Any commandment that deals with relationships is summed up in love your neighbor as yourself. So, um, one of the things that we're working on is a first steps class, a first gatherings class. And, 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 and a lot of people don't realize that it, it's been um, about 11 years ago that... that for lack of a better phrase, you know, the gathering was kind of born about, about March of 2010. And here's one of the things we did without knowing it. We set a priority. We set a most important, first things first. We're going to love God. We're going to love God. We're going to love God in this room. We're going to love God when we go out there in the community. We want the world to see his people loving him. Uh, now, I've shared with you on many occasions that uh, one of the books I threatened to write, and I've never written any of the ones I threatened to write, but the first title was Love God and Act Like It. See, because there are a lot of people who give lip service to loving God, but don't act like it, right? The, oh, yes, I love God. Then why do you act like that? Right? I think, I, you know, uh, uh, it's just one of those things where it's a, it's a mind, an attitude. It, it, it kind of plays itself out in our choices and our actions and our behaviors. And, and do our behaviors, do our actions show forth to the world that we love God? Now, I'm not going to examine you this morning. You know, I'm not going to follow you around. <laughs> Though that might be fun. I, I'm not going to do it. Right? Walk around and go, eh. Right? You know, like, like the game show host? You give an answer and I go, eh, that's not very God-loving, is it? See, I love asking couples who sit down with me in my office and go, all right, tell me, let's talk about relationships. Is your relationship honoring to God? Does your relationship say, God, I love you? Woo, preacher's meddling. All right, so second thing, second. Love God. With all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says all of the law and the prophets are summed up in these two commandments. I love Jesus. I love that he makes it easier for me. Love God, act like it. Love others and act like it. See? That is the commandment of God. That is the, 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 Jesus simplifies it down to those two things. And Paul breaks it down for us right here. Don't owe anyone anything except to love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. So, so if I'm going to say, yes, I love Edna. Sorry, Edna. I love Edna. I need to, to, to beforehand take into consideration that I love Edna. She's my sister in Christ. That my actions, my attitudes, my choices, 
My, my, everything that I think, feel, act toward Edna needs to be loving. She needs to know. She needs to walk away from every encounter with me going, Bobby loves me. Right? But we've let the world corrupt our concepts of love. We've let the world sort of cast a shadow on what it means to care for one another. So loving your neighbor as yourself, that, that's the way to start. That's the first point of the message today. What a way to start. What a way to start is not on pay your obligations and your bills and your taxes and all that stuff. But can I just tell you this? The overview of this passage is about your witness and about your testimony and about what the world sees in you. Does the world see Jesus in you? Does the world see that attitude of loving God first and loving others second? First things first, second things second, right? Is that what we see? And so, so I, I wanted to play on this word way. What a way to start. What is the way that God has given for us to behave? You know, what is the way that God has directed for us to walk? God wants everybody Edna, my sister, as well as the lost person out there in the world. God wants that person out there to see in my life my love for him and my love for him. So what do I do? Pay my obligations. It's a part of the testimony. It's a part of the reputation. It's a part of the witness that the world gets from God's people. Right? So that when, when we get to, to, to some of the Paul's writings to, in Timothy and Titus and that sort of thing, that, that, that God's people are above reproach. I know y'all thought that was just for deacons and preachers. But it's not. God's people are supposed to be above reproach, meaning we don't give the world and sinners cause to question our testimony and our witness. Right now, I'm gonna just tell you what. <laughs> There's a war going on out outside. You know, people like to call it a culture war. People like to call it a political war. People like to call it all kind of things. And and I hate to say it, uh, but there's a lot of harm done with the words that are being tossed around. So what way, and, and man, I like this wide center aisle. What way has God given for us to walk so that in the body, outside the body, people look at us and go, man, he loves God. And that lost person or that, that, that wandering person out there goes, Wow, you know, I ran into him over at the food line. I always pick a grocery store. But I ran into him over at food line and, and walking on. Man, I felt, that guy, I felt love. Can we do that? Now, here's the, here's the challenge. All right, so I sit down with couples, and that's why I started with that this morning. I'll ask them as we get past the uh, expectations of marriage is topic one. I love to go, what's it going to be like, right? But then we jump into the Bible and talk about what God's expectations of marriage are about. That's, that's what the real topic, not what you expect marriage to be like, because can I just go ahead and tell you, that'll change. But God has an expectation of marriage, and it's biblical. 
And there are guidelines and there are behaviors and attitudes and things that God gives us in Scripture. That, and, then I, and then I start asking, I say, what's the most important? Now, can I just tell you from, from topic one to topic two in marriage preparation, right? <laughs> do, you, do you know you can move on from topic one, get to topic two, and have couples sitting right in front of me forget exactly what we just talked about? Because I'll go, all right, I want you all to take a minute to think. And tell me what the most important thing in your life is. What is the thing that you value the most in your life? And after we've just talked about God and what he expects in marriage, they'll go, family. Okay, yeah, family's important. I'm not going to say it's not. Um, well, um, honesty. Okay, yes, that's a good one too. That's a good answer. But folks, in the body of Christ, the most important thing is the relationship we have with God, our Creator. Can I tell you, that relationship uh, comes above, is first, before the relationship between husband and wife. It's an amazing thing that God gives us a value structure, a system, a priority list that says, I'm first, everything else is second. Because if you put anything else in the first position, that's idolatry. You see? So we're going to love God first, and then I get them to start breaking down their values, right? What's important? And, and it's an interesting little journey. I won't take you on it today. But that's kind of where we are today. What is it that my life is a testimony to? What do people see in me? And I'm not, I don't want y'all to be Bobby, you know? I dare say anybody can be Bobby, but Bobby and I struggle some days, okay? But the point is, is that there is a testimony and a witness that God has ordained that I live out. That people see my love for God. That people see my love for them, whoever they are, whether it's in the body or out of the body. That people see a love, right? So that's why it says love does no wrong to a neighbor. So here you go. Uh, what a way to start. The way God has directed for us. Second thing is a way for the gospel. Last week it was about the gospel, the good news. We have victory in Christ. Christ died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. And we have victory because of that. That is good news. Right? There is a lost and dying and dark world out there that needs good news. And if we're so consumed with the way we prescribe for our lives, we're, we're just liable not to share good news when God gives us the opportunity. Now, I'm not perfect. Eli's back there. He'll tell you. I'm not perfect. But the point is, God has called us into this way that the world sees the way we live. And the world needs to see that we love God first things first, but that we love others second things second. Those are the two priorities. Those, that's one and two. Jesus said these two commandments. Everything in the law and the prophets is summed up in these two. Okay? So, a way for the gospel. I think that we as the body of Christ need to recognize that our attitudes, 
our actions, our choices, our behaviors in a lost and dying world are either going to open up a way for the gospel or shut it down. Let's just, you know, shall I even go ahead and mention Facebook? Man, I, I don't even go. I, I got Facebook on my phone right over there because I copy the link from worship and put it on my Facebook page. If you go to my Facebook page, this is what you're going to see. 8, 10, 9, 25, 10, 40, 11, 50, worship. And then you'll see last week's 8, 10, 9. I mean, that's all I put on my Facebook page. If you want, hey, on Facebook. Uh, see, that's all I want to put there. Because I want my testimony. Now, this is me. You don't have to do this. I want my testimony to be a way for the gospel, not a stumbling block for the good news. In our attitudes, our words, the way we behave, might just shut the door on somebody coming to know Jesus. Because you didn't do this as the second most important thing. Now, it doesn't mean we agree with sin. It doesn't mean that we, we, we sort of just sort of, you know, soft pedal the principles of God in our lives. Um, I have a friend, and I don't know if he watches this or not, but if you're watching and you see this, then, yeah, I'm talking about you. He used to put things on Facebook I disagreed with. And, man, it would get all kind of response. And some of the responses I agreed with, some of the responses I disagreed with. Most of the time I disagreed with the original statement. But instead of using Facebook, which is a non-contact, non, there's no ability to understand love in a Facebook context, okay? I was warning you this. At the bottom, when I would get ready to comment, this is what I'd say. I'm praying for you. Praying for you. Because whoever's paying attention to that, that thread, what I want them to hear from me is a way for the gospel. I, I pray for those opportunities. I've told this story before. When I first moved here, I didn't have a clue where I was. I had landed in Surf City. Didn't know anybody, didn't know anything. But I had met someone that owned a, a business here. And so, so I thought, well, I know somebody that owns that business. I'm going to drop in. And that's, I've been doing that now for almost 12 years. Uh, but anyway, I would drop into this business. I dropped into this business that day just to carry on a conversation. Hey, how's it going? Huh, what, what, what do you do here? Well, what kind of, you know, just general conversation, getting acquainted with somebody. And this gentleman came in the store. And y'all, man, I, I am reasonably sure that, that this guy had taken a vocabulary class from the devil. Because there was just this lady in the store and me. And I, can't, I couldn't even count how many times he spoke of God in the wrong way. Can't count how many times he used the, the, the what do they call it now, the F-bomb word. 
And here's this lady who, who is actively attending the gathering, and I'm standing there, and, and I'm trying to decide, how do I respond? In, I'm brand new. I don't even know where I'm at. And, and this guy is cussing up a storm in this lady's business, and I don't know what to do. And so he left. And I just said to her, I said, you know, I am sorry. Man, I don't know that I've ever been in one room where that many words were used like that in all my life. Now, I used to work construction, so that's a stretch. And so I had prayer with her in her store. I said, let's just pray. She said, okay. So we prayed. And I said, God, I don't even know who that is. I don't know that guy's name. I don't know if he's a, a, a vacationer or if he lives here or anything, right? I said, but God, let me cross his path under different circumstances so that I can talk to him about Jesus. So within a week to 10 days, I'm standing on the deck over here where I, at the house I lived in right there, right? I looked out across where the sidewalk is. <laughs> that guy was digging up our water meter. I said, thank you, Lord. So I just kind of stroll over. Hey, man, what's going on? So he starts talking. Told him I was the pastor of the, the new pastor of the gathering. So we start talking. We start talking, right? He tells me what he's doing with our water meter. And I'm like, okay. I said, you know, we met the other day. He said, we did. I said, yeah, over at the shop just off the island. He went, oh, that was you? Can I just tell y'all his vocabulary in the shop and his vocabulary standing out here on the church property were totally different, right? But it began a conversation where we talked about Jesus. It began a conversation that some years later he called me in a time of real trial and tribulation and reached out to me so that I could, I could just talk with him and share with him. See, folks, what you say, do, think, act is either going to make a way for the gospel or destroy a way for the gospel. Paying your bills. Yeah, that's not what the message is about. But can I just tell you, God says pay your bills. All right? But God also tells us how to behave in a lost, dark, and dying world. Verse 11 says this, besides this, since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, Paul's only writing some 40, 50 years after Jesus is gone. And what's he saying right there? And I love it when people, man, we, we, we get really obsessed with the end of time and all that sort of thing. I love it when people ask that. They say, do you think the end of time is near? And I go, well, it's certainly nearer than it was yesterday. Okay? I don't know. I mean, Jesus said you don't know. I don't know. But can I tell you, in this moment, it's closer than it was in the last moment. So, our actions, attitudes, behaviors, choices need to be about the gospel and the good news. We need to be living a life that points to Jesus, not one that identifies us on somebody else's team. Because we're on Jesus' team. The night is nearly over. And the day is near. So, let us discard the deeds of darkness. 
and put on the armor of light. Get ready. Be ready. Because you don't know. I mean, this 810 worship gathering. Man, I'm thrilled that you folks are the morning folks. Y'all get up eager, right? Anybody struggle when they get up in the morning? No, y'all get up, right? Get ready to go. You're going to walk out of here. God is going to, if you're aware and alert to what God is doing, God's going to give you the opportunity to love somebody, which just might open the door or the way for the gospel. Don't miss it. Be alert. Be ready. Let people see your love for God. Let people see you love them. God will give you opportunities. Now, guess what? Morally in our society, politically, culturally, man, good gracious alive, can I go on a tangent? But here's what I want to make sure I don't do. I don't want to go on a tangent that in the next moment or tomorrow, the person who hears me go on that rant goes, I don't hear about Jesus from you. See that? That's a tough call, y'all. Jesus spoke into what he had to speak into. Pay your taxes. Give Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give God what belongs to God. Okay? It's important. It's the priorities. Do you know what the third priority is? All right, loving God's first priority, loving your neighbor as yourself, living Jesus in the world around us is the second priority. You know what the third priority is? <laughs> Whatever you want to put there. God doesn't actually say, does he? You know who my closest neighbor is, y'all? My wife. My son. So, so number two takes care of family. Number three, guess what? It could be... Let me say something that is definitely not me. Um, <clears throat> it could be planting flowers. You could say, my number three priority in all my life is having a beautiful flower bed. Well, yay for you. <clears throat> Don't try to get me to do that. See what I mean? See, the point is, is that, that there are some priorities of our lives, a value structure that God has given us, that if we will live it out, then the message that we live and give to the world is one of God's priorities, God's love, God's care. And then the, the refining that takes place after the good news, that's what God does. It's not your job. Uh, we used to joke <coughs> that when we try to correct other people's behavior that um, didn't realize there was a vacancy in the Trinity. Right? God didn't call you to be the Holy Spirit. All right? So, get ready. What does your day hold for you? You got plans for the day? Make sure that you ask God to give you the eyes to see the God opportunities that he puts in front of you. It all starts with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you can't do it.
If you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship that God will allow you to have that kind of impact. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, we want you to know Jesus. If you know him and you're not living for him, that's just sin. That's what the Bible says. Stop it. Third thing is, maybe you want to be a part of what God's doing here. That'd be cool. Come on. God's doing some really neat things, and, and maybe he wants you to be a part of it. Um, I'm going to pray, but instead of what's on, did you already tell them, Scott, about the screen? Okay. They already know that Lois and Gene are going to sing? All right, so y'all get to just enjoy this, this response song because Gene and Lois are going to sing. So we just want you to pray. I'll be here to pray with you if you want to pray about something, all right? Pray with me now. God, thank you for today and for loving me. I, I am an unlovable guy, and I know that. And yet you reached out in your incredible grace, in your love. You reached out in such a way, God, as to, to show me your incredible love. God, how can I do anything less in return to you, but also, God, to others? Because, God, the folks out there that I disagree with, you love them too. God, help us to be about the way that Jesus has set before us. Help us to love people. God, help us to love you. God, help us to be about good news for a world that is dark. And help us to live it. God, help us to share it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.